This is Matt Hurt at Obsessive Viewer on Twitter. This is Robert Feckus at Nurser330 on Instagram. And this is ObsessiveViewer.com's The Obsessive Viewer Podcast. Welcome to The Obsessive Viewer, where a movie and TV podcast that covers a specific topic be it genre, trope, movie, or show each episode. You can find more of our work at ObsessiveViewer.com and more of our podcasts presented by Obsessive Viewer at ObsessiveViewer.com slash podcasts. You can also like us on Facebook and join the Facebook group at Facebook.com slash The Obsessive Viewer. And if you'd like to support what we do here, you can become a patron at Patreon.com slash Obsessive Viewer, where at $1 per month, you get access to exclusive RSS feed to an exclusive RSS feed with content recorded specifically for patreon and at the two dollar level you get that plus um like audio reviews of tv shows and commentary tracks for tv shows like right now i'm doing weekly reviews of the falcon and the winter soldier and i also have a commentary track for the two first two episodes of community and uh i've lost my notes so at and at the five dollar level you get that all that plus movie reviews so i've got ex machina it chapter two throne of blood the shining all up there commentary tracks for this month and finally at the ten dollar level you get access to all that plus early access to podcast episodes and previously unreleased content again that's at patreon.com slash obsessive viewer so yeah i'm your host the aforementioned matt hurt and with me today is recurring co-host robert feckus uh feckus we are here in studio for the podcast how's it going it is going very well how are you matt i am doing quite well um i just closed my phone because i looked at the notes that i have for this episode and it is empty (laughs) (laughs) i just read literally everything that's in my notes for this episode so yeah, it'll be fun. That's all right. I don't yeah. think I've ever had notes for any of this. Uh, I noticed, and that's going to be on your performance review. That's fine. You yep. know, that's yep. good. Yep. Um, Dock so, my pay. Right. <laughs> that's what I'm talking about, pay. <laughs> um, Patreon.com slash obsessive viewer. Um, so, yeah, Fekas, how, how's it going? How, how are you doing? Um, what, what's, what's new and stuff? Uh, I'm doing well. Uh, I'm on my days off. had a productive nice. uh, set of days off. I don't know if you nice. saw, but I've, I put my uh, new soft top on my Jeep I the other see. day. That. Very nice. It was an endeavor. Nice. I'm not a very uh, hands-on ki- ki- mm-hmm. type of guy, but uh, yeah, it's I, like, I got through it. Your post said that it took you like what six hours? It took I me think? six hours. I it, the uh, the instructions said it's a four-hour job, mm-hmm. and God. it took me six. Oof. And I'll tell you what. Um, when you go through winter, you forget that the sun does things. Oh, yeah. And what it does, it scorches my <laughs> very pasty white skin. Wow. Yeah, I was... That is shocking that you allowed that to happen um, just because of how fond you are of, like, uh, Vegas and Mexico and stuff. Well, like... in Vegas and Mexico, I bring sunscreen with me because right. I know I'm going to be out in the scorching sun. Right. I just saw Monday or, no, Sunday, and I was like, mm-hmm. oh, it's a beautiful day. It'd be a perfect day for this. So I threw on a tank top <laughs> after the gym, went outside mm-hmm. and got to work. And when the sun was setting, I was like, this this is going to suck. Wow. Wow. And uh, and yeah, I I warned you ahead of time today to when you come over to park in the guest spot. Um, yes, you there, did. Because last night Tiny was over here to record, and his car got towed from my fucking complex. So if you're listening, I could yeah. I could have a podcast just nice. on predatory t- towing practices. Nice. Feckus the 
Toe Hunter. <laughs> that's I don't. That's a that sounds like a podcast. Foot fetish, uh, <laughs> podcast. Um, yeah, I'm not hearing you say that you won't start that. No, so I didn't I'll, say I would. Yeah, okay. I'll I'll start like an actual yeah. studio and have you come in and good, do good. that. Yeah, <laughs> I, I did. Uh, I took the top off yesterday mm-hmm. and went on one of my brewery adventures. So it was nice. my first brewery adventure with the top off of my Jeep. It was Sweet. good times. Nice. Yep. What is you? Uh, I mean, this is also a little inside baseball, but here in Indianapolis, what is your favorite place for like uh, brewery? Oh, uh, Metazoa. Oh, nice. Metazoa Brewery on College Avenue mm-hmm. uh, near downtown. Yes. First of all, it's uh, dog slash animal theme. So all, the, right. all their beers are named after some kind of uh, animal. So there's, you know, uh, uh, what's the sloth? There's a sloth one. There's uh, there's one called Dalmatian. It's a, it's a Dunkel. If you know okay. beers, it's a kind of like a dark German mm. uh, wheat beer. Cool. Uh, there's one called uh, Sloth in the Hammock. That's what it is. Oh, huh. that's and uh, Hopopotamus. It's an uh, Indian <laughs> pale ale. So, okay. yeah, no, it's it's great because, uh, first of all, the atmosphere is fantastic. It's uh, got, an, it's got an awesome little patio there, mm-hmm. and it is very dog-friendly. Like, they encourage dogs to come. That's so awesome. they have their own dog park there, and you can be, take beers out to the dog park, or you can just sit in the uh, brewery itself with mm-hmm. your dog. I've brought Neville there a couple of times. Oh, that's sweet. And today's National Puppy Day. It is National Puppy Day. Yeah. Um, I, I see Metazoa all the time because uh, I work in the building right next to it. Uh, um, uh, yeah. do, really? Yep. That that building. I'm not going to say what it is. No. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, so I'll it's a like. a porn shop. Yeah, it, it, well, you know. Um, <laughs> Sorry, adult bookstore. <laughs> thank you. Thank yeah. you. One, I mean, I'm working to get that like normalized. I'll tell you what. Uh, if yeah. I worked in a building next door to Metazoa, I would probably be broke. I you know, and I've I've talked to Kirsten about like at some point, like she and I could go and get like a get like a drink after work. She works in the same right. building, um, but it's never happened. And also, the last year has happened. So I'll tell you what, um, anytime, hit me up, and nice. it's my day off. I'll come running down to Minnesota. I love that place. Sweet, yeah, because in a couple of weeks, I'm going to start actually working, uh, working full days in the office. So yeah, I'll, I might take you up on that. There you go. Yeah. Yep, I'll be in the office Monday, Tuesdays, and Thursdays. So. I can uh, can steer you towards the beers I enjoy. Nice. I've tried just about everything they've had there. So sweet. Mm-hmm. Okay. Awesome. And you'll get yeah. to see all the puppy dogs. Yeah. Oh, that's that's the big selling point uh, for me. Uh, I mean, it should be. Yeah. Oh yeah. Doggies. Um, so anyway, <laughs> that is the that's the Indianapolis uh, brewery section of this podcast. <laughs> um, so Fekas, today on the show we're going to be reviewing the. Um, uh, the epic and I I don't know what else what controversial other words. controversial I get yeah I guess there's controversy surrounding mm-hmm. it in the the very like high profile Zack Snyder's Justice League or the infamous Snyder maybe cut. infamous infamous could be it yeah yeah I I guess so um but yeah I mean there's just so much to this just story surrounding it and everything and it's one of the most in, one of the incredible mm-hmm. like. One of the feel-good internet stories, you know, and you don't get that very often. And it it kind of is. And like I've thought about this, and I have news I want to bring up too. So we'll we'll get to that in a second. But like I've thought about this. Like on one hand, it it does seem like that part of it, at least at least a small small piece of it, it seems like it's part of that internet like fan fan uh, fandom outcry causing 
uh, a studio to create something that didn't exist without the fandom outcry, which on the surface, yeah, that that's true. And that, that kind of gets a little bit of a bug up my ass a little bit, but the context of why this version didn't exist or why Zack Snyder didn't finish the film at the beginning at the start is I think what makes me less of a, of an obnoxious cynical. So um, you don't like when internet fandom gets to, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Influence uh, production of art or. I feel like you're saying, no, 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 I'm I'm just curious on that perspective. I I don't because I feel like if, um, so the, you know, the, the other, the other one that was, I never saw it, but the other Mm -hmm. internet outcry that ended up being successful was over Sonic the Hedgehog. Oh yeah. And, and And they, they full on went back and delayed that thing several months and to re-render Sonic. And and, I didn't like that either. I mean, I, I'll tell you, I'll tell you this though. I didn't see the movie, but mm -hmm. I, I think the internet was right. Oh, I do. uh, Okay. I do think that it that that's right and everything and like it did it did look better but I don't like the idea of like fans fans or just internet out like internet reaction causing something to be changed while it's still in production. Like I kind of feel like if they wanted to, if they, if that was the vision that they had for Sonic um and granted Sonic I mean that's I mean, it's a silly example, but it's still a good example. Yeah. And And I mean, that's probably more commerce and more marketing kind of thing. That's 100% what that was. I mean, yeah. yeah. And in that movie is not like it's no it's no one's passions project, I don't think. And I know that people worked on it and everything. And there was a lot of people involved in the production, obviously. (laughs) And I'm sure that they probably stand by it as and I kind of enjoy it. Um, (laughs) But. Um, I just don't like the idea of an unfinished product being changed because the marketing r- reaction. I, I think that that sets that sets a precedent that kind of feels a little bit like it could go a little too far. I guess I, I see, what you're, and I don't think yeah. you're wrong. Uh, but I think a lot of context matters. Mm-hmm. Like with these two examples, the context of you know fans want Sonic the Hedgehog to look mm-hmm. like Sonic the Hedgehog now. Right right or wrong uh for the studio to go back and uh change it you know that's for i suppose the viewer to decide and yeah i guess if those involved with it uh had a beef with it too maybe they could have uh, pushed back but you know clearly no one seemed to have that big of a uh right you know problem with going back and re-rendering it yeah uh you know the schneider cut of uh justice league again context matters it's mm-hmm. not like uh justice league didn't get released or right. th- before the uh, you know studio cut got released, it's not like people were out there demanding that they change this and this and exactly. this. Exactly, like, uh, <laughs> everyone knew yeah. the behind the scenes. Uh, yeah, but even that, and I might be misremembering this kind of controversy and everything, but like the the CGI mustache thing. Oh yeah, that like was. That, it's not like they went and changed that after after it was released and everything, right? Which, is what was the thing that they did that a studio did? They, um, God, what was the movie that came out that it, uh, it, I mean, it was kind of a garbage movie, I think, but they, oh, cats. Um, oh, the buttholes? Yeah, n- no, not the buttholes, but they released the movie, and then like a couple of weeks after they released the movie, they like 
basically sent out a new version of it with like improved effects. And that's stuff. right. Well, I think that's more a problem with something you see uh, in the video game industry of mm. sending out the like product before it's yeah before it's yeah. complete. That's a bunch of bullshit, mm -hmm. in my opinion, on the yeah. studio. If if your product's not complete, you don't tell people to go out there and spend twelve to twenty dollars a ticket to go watch it. Right. Exactly. And then two weeks later saying, okay, here's the new rendering. Yeah. They did that because for whatever reason they thought that this might get studio play in mm -hmm. the in the award ceremonies or any of that garbage. Yeah. Or they wanted to get it what what catch release like Christmas Day was that a Christmas it Day was release? A Christmas Day I'm release, sure they yeah. wanted the Christmas Day money. Yeah. And, and <laughs> that just reminds me I will always laugh at the marketing for that where it says this Christmas you will believe. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like believe in what? <laughs> like I like Okay, that cats can sing, I guess. I, um, I never saw yeah. it, have no intention of seeing it. I don't like shitting on movies I haven't seen, yeah. but I... As a cat fan, it wasn't good. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah. but Did Jason Derulo yell out Jason Derulo at any point during the movie? I don't know who Jason Derulo is. Oh, he's a he's a R&B singer, and every, before every song, he was, Jason Derulo. Oh, really? Oh, yeah, like oh, almost God. every single one of his songs. But okay. he's he's one of the characters in the cats, so... Gotcha. Gotcha. I don't have a problem with Jason Derulo. I just think it's silly that he has to open every song with Jason Derulo. Right. <laughs> this is Matt Hurt at Obsessive Viewer on Twitter. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, the yeah yeah. So kind of in a more incendiary kind of way. Um, one of the big issues that I have with like fan outcry is like the people the the subset of fans of Star Wars that get up in arms about any fucking thing well i and you know me i'm lifelong diehard right. star wars fan but even i get annoyed to no business with star wars fans right uh, they, yeah. they're some of the most pretentious and unable to satisfy group of fans in the history of fans oh absolutely I, absolutely I mean, I, like i think the new trilogy is a perfect example of that and we don't need to dive into right. our opinions about it but you know when The Force Awakens came out, everyone was like, oh, they just rehashed Star Wars. It was just a rehash right. of Star Wars all over again. The Last Jedi comes out, completely flips a lot of the narrative that typical mm. Star Wars movies uh, you know, go through, and everyone's complaint was, God, it didn't even feel like a Star Wars right. movie. What are they even doing? Like, That's not Star Wars. I'm like, right. what the fuck do you want? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. But And then when The Rise of Skywalker came out, it felt like they were intentionally like, paying fan service and and to that thing like like little things like uh oh god i can't even remember um yeah i don't know um <laughs> i don't i don't have a huge problem with fan service because fan, mm -hmm. as a fan it can be fun you know right. sometimes it gets out of control and i think star wars is probably one of the bigger culprits of of fan service uh yeah going a little overboard but i as a fan i i enjoy little you know tidbits of of fan service yeah and in fan service done right can be good sure. and everything but like i kind of feel like uh, the one example i can think of from rise of skywalker i've only seen it once it, or no i saw it twice in the theater that um, sounded so dejected uh, about yeah that. it was it was something but um was like when they did that kind of um for really forced like oh what why don't we try the holdo maneuver oh that'll only work uh, in one in a million like right, okay yeah. you you don't need to call attention to that or anything like that um, or and, and yeah. i you know again i could go on and defend rise of skywalker but i won't sure um like the whole lando and that girl being yeah it's probably his daughter oh, okay <laughs> all right let's not everyone let's needs to have an illegitimate daughter yeah. or you know child someplace can't they just 
you know, may, maybe they grew up near one another. Right. Why does it have to be like, oh, this is Long Lost Daughter. This is something we can delve into in a comic book. You know what's interesting, and it's something that we can talk about, uh, kind of use that to dive into the to the uh, review of Snyder Cut. But what's interesting is like in that case, like the the actual like line or whatever was like, oh, where where are you from? And she's like, oh, I don't know. And he's like, well, let's find, find out. out yeah. It's like we'll find out in like a Disney Plus show, probably. right? Yeah, but. No, I- Silly. Yeah, and I and I hate that, and it's something that we talked about with Alita: Battle Angel, like the, like the end of a blockbuster movie that's setting up prequels and franchises and stuff, and it being something that, um, is just like really forced and like an afterthought, and like casting Edward Norton for two seconds yeah, in a movie, exactly. Yeah. And like that kind of bothers me because it just reminds me that like okay, there's more, there's more, um. Uh, there's more effort put into the movie from a financial standpoint and marketing standpoint to make it a like a long running thing rather than creating a worthwhile product at the beginning, like in having it stand on its own to f- facilitate a franchising scenario. But to the Snyder Cut's credit, I think the epilogue, which we'll get to and everything in the review. I think that that like I was incredibly captivated by that. Oh yeah, um, it, it was some of the best Batman or at DC footage yeah. or in, in a in a film yeah. or piece ever. Right, know, comic books aside. Yep, and uh, and yeah, we can actually go into our review of uh, Snyder, Zack Snyder's Justice League here. I did have some news, but it'll be a week old by the time this episode airs, so it doesn't matter. Uh, Disney announced a bunch of moves. Um, and That's pissing stuff. me off. Yeah. Um, Black Widow is going to be in July. Mm. And I know that you were very upset about Cruella. Is that right? I think Cruella looks good. <laughs> really? Yeah. Oh, God. Oh, okay. I think it looks fun. Yeah, yeah I guess. Cynical. Um, yeah, huh? Cynical. Well, I don't care. Like, I just don't care about. I I, I like um, Emma Stone. Emma Stone. Yeah, and I think it's fun take uh, on a character. Yeah, yeah. whatever. Yeah, could be a sleeper hit. Yeah. Um. But yeah, they're also doing the premium access thing, which I I will never pay thirty dollars for a movie at home. No, I'll, I'll go to the theater. Yeah. So yeah, and by that time I'll probably be vaccinated. So. You know, I'll go to the theater also or get a screener of it. I don't know. Um, But yeah, but anyway, that out of the way, I'll put a link in the show notes. But let's go ahead and review Zack Snyder's Justice League. All right. And so Zack Snyder's Justice League is a movie that is on HBO Max right now. And I'm going to play a good description. It it is. Yes, that is all it is. It's a movie that's on HBO Max. Um (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so I'm going to play a clip from the trailer here, and then we'll do a non-spoiler and spoiler review. So this will be the non-spoiler section, and I'm going to play a clip from the trailer right now. The bells been rung. in the dark among the stars the god is dead I had a dream almost like a premonition I think there's an attack coming 
All right, so Zack Snyder's Justice League is uh, uh, after... Okay, I'm going to read the plot summary <laughs> <laughs> uh, from HBO Max or from uh, whatever it is. Um, Paramount uh, Plus. From, yeah, yeah. Uh, from IMDb, the plot summary is Zack Snyder's definitive director's cut of Justice League determined determined to ensure Superman's ultimate sacrifice was not in vain. Bruce Wayne aligns forces with Diana Prince uh, with plans to recruit a team of metahumans to protect the world from an approaching threat of catastrophic proportions. So, Fekus, you are a, a, a proud fan of Zack Snyder's work. Unapologetic. Unapologetic. fan of Zack Snyder's work. And uh, let's before we dig into the actual movie review and stuff i think it's kind of important to bring up like how we felt how we feel about both Zack snyder's uh dc movies up until now and also how we felt about the theatrical cut by joss whedon of justice league so um just to recap for the listeners how did you feel about oh god um <laughs> man, of, man steel, of steel batman v Bat- superman batman v superman uh i mean you can talk Wonder Woman since it technically didn't oh, come out yeah. before uh, Justice League, but right. Aquaman. But he also didn't do that. No, um, he didn't. Yeah, but yeah. How did you? Right. How do you feel so, about the DCE? I, I'm well recorded on this podcast defending uh, Zack Snyder in every way with mm-hmm. the DCEU. Uh, Man of Steel. I've never been a big Superman fan. I've always thought his character to be kind of boring, and I don't like the impenetrable uh, superhero that has no weakness, but occasionally right. this, you know rock but i really enjoyed uh man of steel for for a lot of reasons one i, I love the the opening uh prologue on krypton mm-hmm. uh showing the cl- the collapse of that civilization i love how they how he interwove uh clark's upbringing with his uh you know adulthood mm-hmm. i like the flashbacks with i love kevin costner's portrayal as uh as clark's father yeah uh the fight scenes i i thought Man, I think he does such a good job of showcasing how powerful the Kryptonians are in their battles. Like it like yeah. how quickly they strike and the you feel the power of the strike and that's you know, has a lot to do with editing and, and sound effects. Mm-hmm. But I thought it just really really does a good job of showcasing how just how powerful these these beings were mm-hmm. and how epic their battles would be taking place amongst regular mortals mm-hmm. so uh, just the epicness of the battles especially when it hits metropolis a lot of people's uh take on it were uh that, that was just destruction porn why did michael bay make a you know a superman <laughs> movie and i i get what they're i get what people are saying mm-hmm. but i also I don't like brag. I'm not trying to brag and say like I I saw I saw beyond. Right. But I I knew where they were going with with the destruction portion of it. You had to set up a a means or a reason for Batman to want to go after Superman, and it right. is because he has no idea how destructive he can be, even when trying to do good. Like yeah, he just saved the world from uh you know Zod, but in mm. doing so destroyed one of the major metropolises of the world yeah and so you know there's a, a line in uh, batman v superman where he says if there's even a one percent chance that he's he's going to turn evil we have to take that as an absolute absolute certainty and so I, I see the the mindset of batman going into batman v superman so i really liked that setup uh of man of steel and i thought they did a great job of introducing uh superman as like a relatable human character not just mm-hmm. an overpowered kryptonian and so going into Man or Batman v Superman again, you know, I, I get people's criticisms of the movie, 
uh, I, I fully acknowledge that it's not a perfect movie, but to me, I just think it does such a great job of showcasing that rivalry between Batman and Superman that's pretty prominent in the comic books where they've had that, they've hashed it out before. Okay, yeah. And I thought they did a good job of making it a, a way that Bruce is a apt competitor to Superman. Because, you know, in real life, we know that if that were a thing that to were occur, Superman would just, psh, you're dead. <laughs> right, yeah. Uh, but I thought they did a good job bringing in uh, the, uh, what's the, kryptonite. Kryptonite technology yeah. and bringing in the fight. Mm-hmm. I I love Lex Luthor's uh, portrayal in that movie. I thought Jason J, Jesse Eisenberg did a great job. And again, like I've, I've, I think I've even said it on this uh, on the podcast before, talking about like, in my opinion, everything you need to know about the motivations of Lex Luthor comes in that speech he's giving to the to the library, uh, the char- charity scene, okay. where he gets visibly upset talking about people without uh, people that have all the intelligence ne- seldom have the power, mm-hmm. and so I, I feel like that he sees a being like Superman. Who and you know Lex Luthor is always contentious with Superman is he's just a person that punches the solutions into everything. Mm-hmm. He has no nuance, no thought process. He's just a superpowered metahuman, and but he gets glorified as a god. While Lex Luthor, on the other hand, is a genius, has you know made billions in technology and through his intelligence, but not nearly as revered as Superman is. And so I see the. Uh, the anger in that kind of uh, motivation. So yeah. I, I always understood, at least in my opinion, that's how I understood Lex Luthor in the Batman v Superman uh, uh, movie. So, and, and I liked that approach with it too. Like you have to give Lex Luthor a reason to want to go and destroy this man that the world views as, you know, an absolute hero. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll go to my grave defending Batman v Superman, um, especially the director's cut. I think that does a mm-hmm. really good job of fleshing out the characters. And not only that, I just rewatched Batman v Superman again last week, and I mm-hmm. n- never realized how much they add to the process that Lex Luthor uses to make those two fight each other. Okay. Like I, I never picked up on a, on a couple of things like him bribing the, uh, the African lady that was in the very beginning that had her village destroyed. Uh, okay. When uh, at the start of it, and she's the one that comes to Congress to testify against Superman. Right. And later on, you see that uh, Lex Luthor's henchmen are out to, you know, shut her off because she goes into uh, Holly Hunter's office to confess his, what she's told Congress wasn't the truth. Mm-hmm. And so like it, and also the way that he manipulates the person that lost his legs and mm-hmm. the, uh, and man of steel that ended up being a worker for Bruce Wayne. He was, he was in man of steel. No, he, he was not in oh, man okay. of steel, but it, at the very beginning the of that, yeah. Okay. It, Bruce Wayne lifts a girder off of him right. uh, at the beginning of Batman v Superman. And they kind of do a little bit better job of uh, showcasing how Lex Luthor kind of steered him into okay. uh, the position he needed to. Does the director's cut do anything to really make, like, uh, uh, to really further explain the jar of piss thing? <laughs> um I thought that, that was something? funny. <laughs> I thought it was fun. I, I, to me, that just goes into the uh, eccentricities of Lex Luthor. Yeah, and so 
I do. I, I will not defend the Jolly Rancher scene. Uh, I okay? was going to say that I, too. I, I will not do that. <laughs> yeah. that I, I don't know why that was a thing. My and I, I can't say for certain. Like I can't say with any authority, like how I feel about Batman v Superman. Like go check out the episode that we did back then because I have not watched it since, so I can't really say one way or the other. I do remember thinking that the actual like them duking it out was. I think the novelty of that, like seeing Batman fight Superman in a in a movie in a movie theater, RIP, um, and, and like <laughs> see like seeing that on screen was a very like just fun moment. Like it was just pure fun, even though the tone of it was obviously very dark and very like um, you know very serious and everything. It was still like a very like just fun like oh this is a thing that I'm seeing in a movie theater right now. Like this is a thing that's happening. Um, and I, I thought, first of all, I, I will continue to go on records talking about Ben Affleck being, in my opinion, one of the best Batman slash Bruce Wayne's mm-hmm. they've done. Uh, he's the old grizzled, cynical Batman. Yeah. I, I really dug it. I'd go a step further also and say that Jeremy Irons as Alfred is oh, a lot of fun. Yeah, I love Jeremy Irons as Alfred. Yeah. He's he's perfect. They've never quite really done Alfred the way Alfred is in the comic books and right. Jeremy Irons really nails it because that's how Alfred is in the comic books. He's very snide, mm-hmm. very underhanded comments, always yeah. talking pretty much talking smack about <laughs> Bruce Wayne's uh fight against crime. It, yeah. it's it, Jeremy Irons is is amazing yeah. and you're right, he's completely uh under underrated as yeah. Alfred. There's a line to to jump ahead just a little bit. There's a line in the Snyder cut that I don't know if it was in the original cut, but it's when uh when Bruce introduces the Justice League to Alfred, and he's like, "This is Alfred. Uh, I work for him." Yeah, <laughs> like I was like, "That's, that's that was good." No, good. I, I don't. I want to say that was not in the original theatrical yeah. cut. Um, but anyway, so uh, Batman v Superman, I, like, yeah, fine. Um, I didn't really like Man of Steel either. That's another thing I'm I'm gonna have to revisit at some point. But um, I don't like. I don't think your opinion is going to change on it. Probably like, not. Like I, I don't see it happening. I, I know your taste in movies. Yeah. And I, so I just rewatch it if you want, but mm-hmm. I don't expect your world to change. Okay. Um. But the theatrical cut of Justice League that was another experience where I kind of I think I think I we may have reviewed it on the podcast or maybe me and Kirsten I can't remember because I saw it in the theater with Kirsten. God, but I want to say me and you did probably, but. Um, I remember thinking it was, it was fun. Like it was, it was a fun movie that just lacked, lacked a ton of substance. Like it just didn't, like, and I, I think I probably glowed a little bit more than it, than I wanted, should have when Mm -hmm. we reviewed it. And not that I, I don't ever remember saying that this is a great movie, but I think one of the things was that it was good to see Ben Affleck back in the bat suit. Yeah. Um, you know, it's some somewhat decent uh, fight scenes in it, but yeah, it's it's really even then it was a mishmash of a movie. Yeah, it and it just felt just so hollow. Right, like it it just felt like I remember Steppenwolf. Like first of all, looking just atrocious. Oh, it. I had to go back and Google what Steppenwolf looked like in the theatrical cut. And I oh, can't yeah. believe how silly he looked. Yeah. Like, it was laughable. Mm-hmm. I remember liking it, likening it to the, or maybe you likened it to the, I've tried to looking up our uh, Justice League review, I can't find it. But um, I remember thinking or or mentioning or hearing someone say that it 
the visual effects of Steppenwolf looked like a PS3 <laughs> like cutscene yeah. CGI. It was terrible. Um, but yeah, anyway, uh, so now we've got the Snyder cut, um, was a long road to get there. I I will say that, uh, we're going to do a non-spoiler and spoiler review. So, uh, we'll get into the nitty gritty and the spoiler review, but I do want to say that there was like the moment right before the closing credits when it just says for autumn, I was like, that, that, yeah, that was just, that was, that, that hit home. Um, not head home because I. No, but you but, yeah. you understood the impact of that exactly. uh, dedication. Yeah. Oh yeah. That was that was just a just a crystallizing moment for for the viewing of it. Um, I did watch this in two separate sittings. Oh, I watched it in four. Did you? Okay. Yeah. So I, I originally I was gonna I was gonna tough it out, mm-hmm. come home from work one night and uh, sit there until two thirty in the morning and watch it. Mm-hmm. I, I was tired that night, so I think I yeah. I so I watched maybe three chapters of it. Mm-hmm. The when I woke up after the gym the next day, I went home and watched a chapter, then another chapter uh, when I got back from work, and then the next day when I woke up, I finished it. Nice to HBO Max's credit, which we didn't. You don't really need this since you know it just saves your space anyway. But did you notice that like they have little chapter marks on the like if you pause it and like, no, look at the no, yeah no I didn't see that yeah I was like like I paused it. At one point um and i was like looking at like i don't know i looked to see how much time i uh, <laughs> uh i was i looked to see how much time i had gone into it it was like 32 minutes no. um and i was like oh there are little notches on here that's that wow okay that's cool um but yeah so to their credit i, I thought that was really really cool of them um so um going into it i was going to rewatch or i was thinking about rewatching the theatrical cut which i found surprising that it's not on hbo max uh um, yeah that, that surprises yeah. me too i bought it just because yeah i have a digital copy of it um but did i, I send it to you no maybe robert in utah did maybe um yeah yeah, because I I can't I can't imagine a world where I bought it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but thank you, Robert in Utah. Um, so uh, yeah, it it. Uh, but I I was just like, okay, I I'm not gonna because I think that I kind of thought that if I were to rewatch Justice League the the theatrical cut, I feel like that would have skewed. I think it would have had the negative effect, a negative effect on my viewing of the Snyder cut, specifically because I already know that I was like at best just like uh, un like uninterested in the theatrical cut, and I kind of feel like going through two hours of a movie that I already know that I didn't really like that much, um, and then going into a four-hour version of it that's obviously going to be considerably different, but still the same the same in, in certain aspects, I was just like, that's going to set me up to not like the Snyder cut. <laughs> so I, I had a similar thought process. Mm-hmm. Um, basically you're, you're going to rewatch the same movie over again. Yeah. Um, so I didn't want it to, I didn't want to have the Snyder cut sullied by watching almost the same movie before. And yeah. they're therefore I'm like, man, I just watched this because there's, right. there's still a significant portion of uh, the theatrical cut that's, that's in the Snyder cut. Yeah. And so I didn't want to be like, okay, I saw mm-hmm. this now and just get, you know, antsy or bored with it. Mm-hmm. So I just wanted to go straight in fresh to the Snyder cut. Yeah. And that also kind of, um, calls back to something we talked about on Patreon, patreon.com slash obsessive viewer. But, um, uh, like, 
it sets you up to view the Snyder Cut in relation to the theatrical cut instead of as its own right, entity yeah. thing. So it's like when Tiny and I review uh, novels and books from Stephen King together, it's like it that kind of... Or novels and books. Novels and yep. movies. <laughs> I um, didn't catch it. Yeah. Uh, novels and adaptations together, it's like it kind of makes it more about what's the differences and everything. So to go into Justice League, uh, the Snyder Cut kind of fresh is is a um, kind of good, good way to go into it, in my opinion. Especially for me, who I've only seen the theatrical cut once. So... I don't, I didn't, I went in without really, like, I remembered pieces vaguely and uh, from the theatrical cut. So, like, when, you know, when he's, uh, when Batman is talking to Arthur and when, uh, like, some of the stuff with, with basically him meeting everyone individually, um, I like, I remember those scenes, but I... It it wasn't, like, a thing where I was like, oh, yeah, okay, this is different from that. It was more like a, oh, this is... Zack Snyder's full vision, so I can I can kind of appreciate that. Um, now um, I've got to say, overall thoughts on Zack Snyder's Justice League. I liked it. I I enjoyed it a lot more than I thought I would. Um, but I just I don't think I don't think I'll I don't know that I'll ever really be able to to really um, be a fan of Zack Snyder's style. Um, it, yeah. If you're not a fan of his style, then you're just not going to be a fan of any of his movies yeah. because he's got he's had the same style since mm-hmm. Dawn of the Dead. Right. So to expect him to change it up, I mean, that's like expecting well, uh, Michael Bay to come out with, right. you know, his Romeo and Juliet. Right. So, yeah. it, and it's fine. If you don't like his style, you don't like his style. And uh, even like Dawn of the Dead is probably, it's, I would say definitely it's my favorite Zack Snyder movie. Well, it's probably... Besides Guardians, that the Owl movie he made, mm-hmm. it's probably the least Zack Snyder style exactly. of of his movies. Yeah, because so. almost everything after that, aside from the uh, Owl movie, um, is has that kind of just dark visual tone, like that that almost comic booky tone. Which I mean, obviously, with the stuff that he's been doing, kind of fits that. Like it worked really well for Watchmen, but. Even like in the DC movies, like it's, it's like he's in. I don't know. It it just seems like every scene is like t- way too dimly lit and well, it's supposed I, to be brooding, but it just seems distracting to me. I think it goes back to trying to set itself apart from like the MCU. Yeah. So the DCEU from the start has been a much more serious tone, much mm-hmm. more somber, heavy hitting uh, type of movies. In my opinion, yeah, and I—that's what I had come to expect out of the DCEU, and so mm-hmm. I appreciate the deviation from how MCU is. And don't get me wrong, biggest fan of the MCU, right? Uh, but I think that those two universes uh, should be com- vastly different. And so yeah. I appreciate Zack Snyder's darker tone. Uh, more Watchmen style, and Watchmen. Watchmen's a DC comic book too, right? So that it's not like that's coming out of nowhere. That's yeah. that's DC. That's uh, a lot of DC's main character arcs are kind of a darker nature. They yeah. they have their uh, light, more lighthearted ones like Shazam, mm-hmm. uh, but which Shazam is super fun. Oh, I I, oh Shazam's a great movie. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, but even but the comic books in general too. You know, Shazam's more mm-hmm. a lighthearted comic book, and so. Yeah. 
you know, obviously Batman and Detective Comics are going to be darker in tone because mm-hmm. it's Batman. That's how Batman is. Right. I, I don't read much Aquaman's or any of it to be uh, for that matter. But mm-hmm. I, so I can't say what kind of tone it has. But like the Justice League comics, they're kind of a darker tone, too. So okay. I, to, me, to me, it fits the DCEU. Yeah. And, and I totally get that. I just think it's just an aesthetic that I, I just I, it. I sour on it pretty easily, but and, and you know, not every artist yeah. is for everybody. Yeah, but I will say that this was maybe the first time that I saw like a Zack Snyder movie that has this this palette and everything, where I didn't find it as distracting as I did previously, and I didn't find it as much of a deterrent to the to my enjoyment of it than really any of his other stuff, including Watchmen. Um, and I really like Watchmen. So, I mean, that's a credit to probably, honestly, probably the length of the movie too, because after like maybe chapter three or four, I was like, okay, I'm actually like, I'm in this world. I'm I'm used to it now. It's, it's, it's not as, it's not standing out or anything to me anymore. Um, the other thing, (laughs) I'm going to make this, this snarky joke, but, um, so a fun fact that a lot of people don't probably don't realize is that okay so the theatrical cut was 120 minutes I think I think it was two hours on the yeah. dot yeah two hours on the dot and the Snyder cut is four hours and two minutes but what and that's getting a lot of press because you know it's a big long uh, cut of it but if you take all of the slow motion Here scenes and play them at normal speed it's actually shorter than the theatrical version um, <laughs> so. so. Uh, I did read a stat today that 10% mm. of the uh, new footage is in slow motion. Really? Yeah. That's, oh, my God. And that's such a – when you think about it, that's a large percentage it, of slow motion. It is. Now, I like it. I, I like that style. I like his slow motion style because I think it very much resembles comic book paneling. That – and that's fair. That is absolutely I, – I definitely get that, and I absolutely – kind of see that as well and it does work in certain contexts like um wonder woman's first scene in that that uh in the heist uh, the, or whatever the, the, the museum yeah the museum where like it's she's very slowly um, <laughs> uh trying to stop a bullet um from getting a uh, a hostage and everything and like the suspense and the tension of that is really good and especially since um that comes after like maybe the first time in the movie that we like realize like oh oh there's there's blood in this like, yeah there's blood in this like that prepped me like i'd forgotten about like all the headlines i'd read about I, it, how the R, it was. I, I also i forgot that it yeah. was r-rated me too me too um and when so when we have that suspenseful like Diana like running and trying to get her little like armband thing up to deflect the bullet, I'm like, are we gonna see this dude's head just fucking explode? Right, like, yeah. Is this gonna be like a moment? Um, so it it worked, and I've got to say, as far as like, I don't know what the reception has been for this overall and for for the kind of more bloody stuff, but. Honestly, I mean, by the end of it, I honestly kind of thought the blood was a little tame. I, th- I think it works. Uh, and it especially works really for the well. Tone. Yeah. Yeah. And it does. And like, even that, it's, I don't think this is intentional by any stretch, but there was a moment where, um, it was right before that scene when they're setting up that the, the them going into the museum and you see the henchman and everything. And then you see the guy, uh, go behind the guard and shoot him, um, kind of execution style. 
and like it cuts away like a like it cuts away like a Christopher Nolan PG thirteen Batman. Mm, yeah. Like you don't see it. I'm like, oh yeah, I forgot that that's a thing. And then like the next scene is like them shooting someone else and just blood on the street yeah. or something. And I'm like, oh oh okay. And so I I like I was just like, oh I kind of had to recalibrate. So my long story short. Guys, uh, it satisfied Matt's bloodlust. Yes, it did. It did. I just I want more blood in my comic book movies. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, but like I said, it was just a. It, it was. I I, I honestly kind of thought it was a little tame. Um, a little like it. it well, it. I I, agree. Yeah. I I don't want to say it was tame. I want to mm. say that it was used. Maybe not perfectly, but mm. appropriately. Yeah. So they it didn't was subtle enough. Yeah. So, so they didn't go out of the way to Quentin Tarantino it from Bill, Kill That's Bill true. and just have you know fountains of blood. Mm-hmm. But where the blood or the <laughs> f bombs occurred, mm-hmm. it felt natural. It didn't feel like they're yeah. like okay, so it's a we have we have two fucks to give. Okay, right. uh, let's give it to uh, Batman here. Everyone's gonna love hearing Batman say fuck. Okay. Right. Where should we put the other fuck? So it mm-hmm. sounded. It, the blood, the cursing, it seemed very natural to the movie. I, I agree. I, I really agree. And, you know, kind of in being in the shadow of the Infinity Saga of the MCU. So after Endgame, like living in that universe. Um, and I mean, OK, I'm, I'm not, this isn't going to be a criticism of Justice League or anything because it's the same kind of setup of, of the theatrical version. And it's also like the criticism i guess or the comment i'm going to make is that it's just i mean it's it's very similar to just comic book movie stuff like okay we have three mother boxes right we have six infinity stones like it's it's and you know know. comic books are like that too so you know you have you have iron man you have cyborg yeah you have uh aquaman you have Mm -hmm. namor you have uh black widow you have well what Wonder Woman's not the appropriate. Uh, it, yeah. the, I mean, there's there's a parallel. Captain Marvel and Wonder Woman. Yeah, there you go. Captain yeah. Marvel and Wonder. You have you have Captain America and you have Superman. Yeah. So those you parallels. You have Slade Wilson. You have Wade Wilson. So, <laughs> yes, that is that is accurate. Right. Uh, but. Slade Wilson or Wade Wilson was done to fuck with DC that, over that. I think I, I remember. I think we talked yeah. about that. But the, and so that, that's I pretty, mean that's that's pretty cool. <laughs> but those those parallels have always been there. So you mm. can't you can't sit like it's it's a valid critique, yeah. but it's it's an expected trope yeah. that you're going to encounter. And the thing that I kind of and this might be a little a little <laughs> this might be a little too highbrow for Matt Hurt to bring up, but. Um, <laughs> But like the thing I kind of the th- the thing that I thought about really when specifically in the movie when um, when Wonder Woman it's after the Amazons have have fired the the fi- set the fire and everything to signal her um, where she's going down like she has like the arrow and she's going down and she sees like a like a, an Indiana Jones type of thing where right. she puts it in there and everything like that made me think of how and also that. Um, that flashback scene to uh, like the big war, th- the Lord of the Rings style war that yeah. they had, like that just made me think about how a lot of people say that like you know these comic book movies, these comic book stories are like modern myth making and myth like mythol. This is our, this is the current like like our society's like mythology and everything. I've, I've heard that argument, it, but, but comic books borrow a lot from mythology too. Well, yeah. So. But I mean, everything borrows from yeah. everything. There, there are seven plots that exist in, in the world, but I kind of like that as, as kind of an idea. I don't know if I buy into it 
particularly that heavily, but I do kind of like that as a sentiment that like, okay, these are stories of like, these, these are, these are human beings creating stories about like super powered people, like, like, uh, like unimaginable gods yeah. on earth and everything. And like, I, kind I mean, of, it's yeah. Odysseus and the Odyssey, mm. um, Troy or not, it's not called Troy. It's the, Oh, oh, what's the name of the, the book? Iliad? The Iliad. The, yeah. the Iliad. So, yeah. yeah, you're not wrong. The it's... Obsessive Viewer Podcast. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I And comic book fan, though I am, mm. I, I I pause at giving too much credibility sure. to you know comic books. There's some incredible comic books out there that mm. I would consider highbrow art. Archie. Uh, yes. and... <laughs> but not all comic books. Right. So... <laughs> Um, you heard I, it here first, Feckus. Not all comic books. Hashtag not all comic books. <laughs> I, I get what you're saying, but I, I just I kind of look at comic books as you know, the, as, comic books are comic books. Occasionally, they're there's pop gonna, art. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. They're pop yeah. art. Occasionally, there's going to be something hugely artistic, artistic to come out of it. Sometimes mm-hmm. there's going to be uh, creators that are going to you know be infamous in in their creations and yeah. the the writer of 300 uh I would say is probably one of the Frank Miller. Oh, he, yeah. He's he's an amazing artist, he's an amazing storyteller. Um so there are going to be those outliers. Uh, yeah. But for the most part I I try not to take comic books too seriously. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, yeah, I don't take them that seriously either, really, because I don't really read them. But I do, like, I think just in broad terms, I just like that sentiment. And, That's fair. And that kind of made me more in tune with uh, Justice League, this this version of Justice League, because it is a sprawling, epic thing. Um, to kind of transition a little bit, I want to ask you if you've read anything as to why the aspect ratio was changed, or because it pops up at the beginning, it says the aspect ratio is like four to three or whatever, and it's to uh, in, uh, to honor Zack Snyder's vision or something like that. The best that I can tell, it's just what Zack Snyder wanted. Yeah, I don't know if he's got an a specific affinity for that aspect ratio. It didn't bother me as much oh, I mean, as I thought it was. Yeah. I, like, I thought it was going to take me out of it, but it, it didn't at all. Yeah, it, it didn't bother me at all. Yeah. Like, it, I just thought it was an interesting kind of aesthetic choice. And because he, I don't, I can't think of any other movies of his that has that. Even the I can't, DC I can't movies. Yeah. Um, I, so, two theories. One, maybe he just really likes the aspect ratio. Mm-hmm. And no studio in their right mind nowadays is going to let an artist do that right now. Right. Because it's you make movies for theatrical release and that's not theatrical uh, release aspect Mm -hmm. ratio or two, maybe it's easier to edit in a a money saving uh, scenario since they're doing. And again, I have no evidence to base any of this on. This is just maybe, maybe a plausible Mm -hmm. uh, theory. Maybe if you keep it at aspect ratio uh, that it was produced, maybe it's easier to edit. I don't, I don't know. Uh, the only thing that I've read is that's just what Zack Snyder wanted. Yeah, and I mean it. It lends it. It lends a uniqueness to the finished product. I, I'll say that. Like, and it's it's not a detractor or anything. So I, I just thought it, it was an interesting choice. I think it'll be interesting too uh, with that aspect ratio when they release the black and white cut. I was gonna ask you, like, are you because. I kind of feel like you've said before that maybe you're just not a fan of like like them re-releasing stuff in black and white, like the uh, noir cut of Logan. Well, I, f- I feel Logan. like, I, again, context matters. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I'll watch this just because if it's a specific vision that Zack Snyder had, maybe yeah. it's something I want to watch. And maybe I'll go back and watch the Logan cut of it too. But sometimes mm-hmm. I just think it's, uh, I don't know, a marketing ploy. Yeah, like, I, I do too. I, I think like Ghost of Tsushima, like, oh, I, don't, yeah. I don't want to play that in, in black and white. I played I, it in black and white the first time. You? Yeah, I played it in Kurosawa mode because like, I, I get have what such a hard on for Kurosawa. I get what they're doing. Yeah. I do. But I, I, paid high dollar for sure. for a video game at cert, for certain effects mm-hmm. and I'm I'm sorry I'm going to That's that's fair. I will say in Ghost of Tsushima's defense, they do have like this film grain effect to it as well. So it it it's not just black and white, it's black and white plus film grain to kind of give that classic samurai film yeah. kind and of again, aesthetic. Again, I I, yeah. I see what they're trying to do yeah. and I appreciate that. Mm-hmm. Uh maybe if the, can you switch back and forth? Uh yeah I think so yeah maybe yeah. I should have played an hour or two with it then yeah. but you know um, I pay sixty dollars for a video game to yeah. play on a four hundred dollar machine to watch on a twelve hundred dollar TV right I want to get as much out of that experience as I can yeah especially when it comes to a video game that is thirty plus hours mm-hmm. most likely not going to replay right especially since I sold my PlayStation so oh did you yeah interesting well I I I finished Cyberpunk. Mm-hmm. And um, there was no other games that were going to be released that I wanted to play uh, on the PlayStation 4, so I just sold it to get as much money out of it mm-hmm. to buy the PlayStation 5. Gotcha. Which you have not been able to because of... No, but I'm, I'm not in a rush. Shocking, yeah. Yeah, I, I have my Nintendo Switch still, and mm-hmm. I'm... Uh, you know, I'm deep into a game on the Nintendo right now, so okay. I'm in no hurry. I'll check periodically uh, mm. to see if I can pick one up, but I'm not I'm not in any rush. Nice. Well, let's Nintendo switch gears <laughs> and uh, go back to the Snyder Cut, really. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, we're still in non-spoilers. We'll get into spoilers here in a second, I think, but I want to kind of talk about the um, expansion of it. Like, I feel like... And this is where my memory of the theatrical cut is going to fail me a little bit, but I do feel like there was a very concentrated effort in this movie to actually give Steppenwolf like some like any type of like oh with like without reason. a doubt because yeah. the, the original theatrical cut you're just kind of like I don't know why this guy yeah. wants to do this. This PS3 cutscene right. pops up and he's just doing things for no reason right. that like, we can. Discern. I have zero idea of this guy's motivation except yeah. for he's a big, you know, monster-looking guy. That right. and if you're a big monster-looking guy, you're gonna want to destroy the Earth for, right. for reasons, I yep. guess. But so it was yeah. so refreshing to mm-hmm. get a. Not only a reason, but you kind of flush Stephen Wolf out a bit. Yeah, you, you get. You get the backstory. You yeah. get that he's he's on the the out right, right now, and it makes his whole like his whole motivation for it. Like I I love it when you know they develop a villain. Right. Yeah. But you might say that he's trying to Arthur Curry favor with Darkseid. <laughs> no one would want to say that. No one. God damn it. Yep. Um, I was really excited to say that. But one. It, it also makes this. How long have you been saving that one up? Uh, ever since the I first started watching the Snyder Cut. Nice. <laughs> I fucking made me lose track of where I where my thought was gonna go. God damn it. And this is the obsessive viewer podcast, yep. <laughs> like part and parcel. Um. But yeah, but the, the giving him motivation, him being on the outs with with Darkseid. And and his desperation yeah. makes sense yes. too. So you oh, yeah. get why he's throwing caution to the wind mm-hmm. at certain points. And and you get his yeah. you know, what 
why he's making such you know such drastic actions yeah at, instead of just like hey man i got all the time in the world i got a secret base in the ukraine i'm chilling right and you know as a fan of the mcu and disney has paid me to talk favorably they haven't um, <laughs> i'm just uh you know i wonder where attention. pizza got that new cat castle right oh yeah um so <laughs> there's like a mickey mouse thing anyway but um <laughs> there's not but anyway um <laughs> Um, but the, oh my God, I just lost my train of thought. <laughs> now it's payback for me. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Um, but no, the, um, oh, oh, I love the MCU and everything, but I will say that the, like kind of the motivation and, and the, um, development of Steppenwolf in this, I think is better than what they did with like Ronan the Accuser in Guardians of the Galaxy Volume One. Yes, I, no, I agree. Well, yeah. and I, if you're comparing uh, comic book villain movies to mm -hmm. comic book villains, I would say that Steppenwolf's new motivations are better than the majority of the MCU's villains, uh, and not everyone, because you know obviously mm -hmm. Thanos wins it right. all. I mean, that's he he was developed perfectly. Yeah, but you have you know the, the dark elves from uh, yeah the uh, dark Thor world. To, yeah the dark world yeah. Even Loki in the Avengers was a little like it was it was solid. Yeah, but I he, think... he spoiled brat. Yeah. Uh, syndrome with that. Yeah. So, I... <sighs> yeah, uh, abomination in the whole. Right. So you know, it, he in my opinion, he's probably Steppenwolf's development is probably uh, on the upper fifty percent of the MCU. You know, uh, honestly, balance. I would I would say that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Please do not bounce any checks to me, Disney. <laughs> um, so, but yeah, I, I do agree. Like it is, it is a very worthwhile addition to the movie, and it really helped flesh it out. And the other characters, like I, it's been reported very widely since you know Ray Fisher had all of that stuff. That Jesus, if I were Ray Fisher, I would want to straight merc Joss Whedon. No, the, yeah, the hit job he did on yes. it's like he had something personal against Cyborg. Right, like it, they're just. Here, say booyah, yeah. and that's your line. Oh, yeah. Like, I remember in in the theatrical cut, I remember thinking, like, Cyborg is pretty fucking cool. Like, I, I'd be right. very interested in more stuff with Cyborg. And, like, here we get so much stuff. Turns out they filmed a lot. Yeah. And, I mean, it's really cool. It's really good. And it's, he's great. He is really great. And yeah. it's such a great backstory for this character. Oh, totally. And that's the, like, he's a heartbreaking character. Yeah. And you get none of that in the theatrical cut. Right. It's yeah. like Joss Whedon came in and just tipped Ray Fisher out of his chair. Yeah. It's like, I don't understand it. Yeah. Like, me there's such good content. Yeah. Like, the only, my only criticism would be, and it has nothing to do with the writing or anything like that, mm -hmm. it has everything to do with it that they had to go back and do this for the, the Snyder cut is the CGI for Cyborg gets a little iffy on the scenes that were brought in. And I get that because now yeah. it's expensive to render that character. Right. Like super expensive. And even then, like now, now that you say it, it kind of retroactively makes me kind of notice some, some of the little splotches there yeah. in, here and there in my memory. But in the moment, it, I, it, doesn't, it didn't factor in. It me. doesn't take away no. from it because it, from that point, I knew, I knew a lot of the scenes that were going to be uh, made for the Snyder Cut, yeah. we're going to be a little bit choppy because they weren't going to get the financial backing that the theatrical sure. release was going to get. So you, they gave Snyder, here's X amount of money. I think it was somewhere in the neighborhood, like $75 million. Mm -hmm. Go do what you want to do. Uh, we'll give you Jared Leto, too. You know, yeah. fuck it. <laughs> yeah. uh, so I, I forgive it for that. Mm -hmm. uh, but, man, it's 
it's infuriating how much of that character that they cut. Oh, totally. And what makes me okay. So, and we may be skipping ahead a little bit, but it makes me wonder like if, I mean, it's been well regarded. Like this Snyder cut has been, has had like a good, you know, reaction from like almost universally, especially for Zack Snyder. Absolutely. And especially with something that's so uh, like kind of has that baggage of like fandom outcry and everything. But it makes me think like by the end of this movie, I was like, I, I want to see more. Like, I want to see more. I want to see a cyborg movie now. Yeah. Like, which is not going to happen because I'm pretty sure and that's that what Ray, I'm getting at. Ray Fisher yeah, is just is done. done. Warner and Brothers. And you when know. when the Ray Fisher stories started to break about mm-hmm. a year and a half ago, yeah, I, I, I didn't dismiss it, but right. I was just, I wasn't that interested into it because I, yeah. I don't know the back behind the scenes stuff. Sure. And so the more you read on it, you kind of like, well, man. Just we never really struck me as kind of a guy to be that big of a dick about something right. like that. Maybe he is, maybe he isn't, but that's weird. And yeah. then I see this, and I'm like, yeah, fuck. And then also for me, it was like, okay, that seems kind of kind of weird. Like, like it's kind of strange that it's coming up now and everything. But then, then like Charisma Carpenter, I think, came out and spoke out of against Josh. I don't Whedon. know who Charisma Carpenter is. She was on one of his shows, like Buffy or okay. Angel or something. Um, but yeah, she was talking about how. Um, I think it was her, like, she was talking about how when she was working on one of his shows, she was pregnant, she got pregnant, and he was, like, just an absolute nightmare toward her, and, like, cut her out of the show or something, like, unceremoniously, and, like, basically made her feel terrible for having a family and stuff. I mean, she should, but that... Well, yeah, yeah. you know. um, (laughs) um, (laughs) ACAB, all children are bad. Um, (laughs) I subscribe to that. Um, but no, so, so the, like all of the stuff that's come out of, against Joss Whedon, like it makes sense and everything yeah, is um, disappointing. Yeah. Yeah. But the, the fact that we, if the DCEU continues in this, in this format, which I never, like, if you would have said a couple of years ago, like, Oh Matt, you're going to watch the Zack Snyder cut of justice league. And then you're going to think, Oh, this is, this would be a really good jumping off point yeah. for a cinematic universe. Yeah. I would be like, you're fucking crazy. Um, but it, it is like, and we'll talk more about that when we get into spoilers and get into the epilogue and everything. But I, I was just like, I want to see this expanded. I want to see more of this. And I mean, to this, to the credit of this, um, I feel, I feel vindicated. I, you know, and I feel like people are going to just, I I feel like I'm going to get canceled. They're going to (laughs) bring up all of my past podcasting, just shitting on Zack Snyder. But I will say, I mean, I just, I really, really was into this. Um, Turns out yeah. Warner Brothers should have listened to uh, Zack Snyder and quit and stopped bitching about his length of his uh, superhero movies. Yeah, I I agree, and that's that's weird because I mean they let Nolan run almost three hour. <sighs> it's, uh, I think Batman. It's, I think that's different. I think it's a different mm-hmm. take because Nolan's Batman, Batman, Batman movies yeah. started before uh, the MCU did. So that's true. they didn't have their competition yet. Like yeah. the DCEU was a direct competition to the MCU. Mm-hmm. The the Dark Knight trilogy was of its own right. separate entity. So Yeah. That's true. And also by design those were just much more grounded in right. reality and that was like kind of the the appeal of them. 
God, those are so good. Um, <laughs> yeah, I watched I watched the whole trilogy recently. I, nice. Fantastic movies. Oh, absolutely. Um, so should we go into spoilers yes. for Zack Snyder's Justice League? Okay, so I'm going to play another clip from the trailer. I'm going to kind of let it run so um, <laughs> because I played the beginning of it and I didn't cut the entire thing. So we're going to go into spoilers for Zack Snyder's Justice League, the Snyder Cut on HBO Max. So if you haven't seen it and don't want to be spoiled, uh, come back and listen to us talk about it later and check the timestamps. Although I think this might be all that we do. So anyway, uh, we're going to go into spoilers now. The God is dead. I had a dream. Almost like a premonition. I think there's an attack coming. My lord, this world will fall. I need warriors. Okay, so I want to talk about, and I should have said this in non-spoilers. By the way, spoilers on for Zack Snyder's Justice League. Um, I think that this was in the theatrical cut, but the kind of the backstory that Diana says about like the um the joining together of all of Earth's like defenders like and the everything. Age of Heroes. Yeah, the Age of Heroes. Um man, just as much as a disconnect as I have for Zack Snyder's like vision and his like finished like product and, and almost everything he does. Um, that was just so striking and it felt just so much like reminiscent of like Lord of the Rings and everything yeah, naturally. It, it um, was epic yeah it's such an epic fight uh and it was fun seeing all of these like characters from the from the comic book mm-hmm. universe kind of you know peppered into right. this giant fight scene you, the only one i really caught was the i assume a member of the green lantern corps you, you had the green lantern corps in there you yeah. had hercules you, mm-hmm. you had the amazonians and the uh uh what were the names of the uh Atlantans? Atlanteans. So it it, it was fantastic. I I loved seeing that huge battle. Yeah. It's almost like, and it's not on scale of the end game battle. Right. But it's almost like what is. Yeah, right. (laughs) But it's like throwing the end game battle right to the start of the Mm. film. So I I really appreciate it. It Good way to bring everyone right into the movie. Absolutely. And it it definitely gives a good kind of. backstory to everything like the stakes are established very quickly and even though it is a textbook comic book like oh we need to get these three things or protect these three things so that they don't join together and everything um it was still an effective way to bring it up and and to to introduce us to it and everything yeah and it's good introduction into dark side to mm-hmm. show just how imposing figure that he is yeah and, yeah I dug it. Yeah, it was really cool. And I don't remember from the theatrical version. Maybe a, a small version of it? It wasn't maybe? in it. Okay, it wasn't? No. Okay, wow. Um, so, yeah. Because um, the, the start cool. of the theatrical version goes to that weird YouTube video of Superman with the fucked up lip. Oh, that's, that's yeah. That's the very beginning of... Oh, that's of, right. Yeah, because yeah, in the beginning of this, they have... I almost said Spider-Man, uh, Super, <laughs> Superman's death. And I, I really like how the kind of sound wave reverberates yes. through all of these characters. And I, well, places. I love how it indicates that it's known now that the Kryptonian's dead. So yeah. earth, earth is fair game. Right. And I like how they go into that. They bring that up later on in the movie too, mm-hmm. but I love how they showcase that. Yeah. Oh, me too. And the thing about Superman, one of the criticisms I have for this is obviously the the movie 
goes to great lengths to have the story be about them having to resurrect Superman to protect Earth and, and you know, defeat uh, Steppenwolf and Darkseid and all that. And, oh, pizza's pooping. Um, so <laughs> I, <laughs> I should put a jingle on here so that there's like a break where it's like, oh, pizza's pooping. But anyway, um, <laughs> so the um, them resurrecting Superman, I, I thought it was really engaging and really cool. And I, I think it's mostly from the theatrical version as well. Yeah, they, they go into a little bit more in-depth in discussing yeah. it in the actual – in the Snyder Cut. Mm-hmm. And you see a lot more opposition coming from uh, Aquaman's end yeah. in this one. But it's – I can't remember if they talked about – because I really enjoyed the um, – discussion or the explanation of why it can happen how you know burnt a burnt down building oh, yeah. turns particles into smoke mm-hmm. so it'd be like reversing the smoke particles back into its original form right so i i, I can't remember if that was in the theatrical or not yeah, me neither. but i really i really enjoyed that explanation for it yeah me too and one of the things i was kind of um really interested in was that um it it makes sense like i i don't know I, I know that there's a bunch of like DC animated movies and stuff, and I know obviously there are Justice League comics and everything, but I found it interesting that this story is about resurrecting Superman so that he can, you know, save Earth and everything because he's like the most powerful one and everything. But what I found interesting is that like that's that seems like a natural way to introduce like have Superman be part of Justice League because he is by definition overpowered in right. almost every sense. Um, which is why I really like the epilogue because I love the idea of them going in. Like if I had my druthers, it would be interesting to see them make another a, a sequel, uh, have Zack Snyder do another sequel <laughs> to this and have it be that alternate version, that vision that Batman has. That's the nightmare super- realm. Yeah. yeah. Which was in Batman v Superman also. Uh, briefly. briefly. Yeah, so yeah. it was uh, in Batman v Superman. Um, Bruce is waiting on the decryption of the file he stole from uh, Lex. Mm-hmm. And he falls asleep at the desk. And right. it goes into, he's dreaming of the nightmare realm. Mm-hmm. And he thinks he's getting the ultimate weapon to combat Superman. But right. he is uh, betrayed. And it goes to Superman coming down with Bruce captured and just mm-hmm. murking everybody. And then, then yeah. he wakes up to a premonition of the Flash, uh, presumably chi- uh, traveling through time, letting Bruce yeah. know that Lewis Lane is the key. Yeah, that's right. Okay. Um, yeah, so that's from Batman v Superman, Dawn of Pissjar. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, I was just, I I had kind of forgotten about that. Um from the first one, and when it got to that, I was like, I, at first, I was, I felt like an idiot, and I was a, a little confused, like, wait, what the fuck is going on? And then, like, it came together, and like, when even though like that image was of Superman was like promoted and everything, like it was online and everything, um, I was just like, oh shit, they're talking about Superman. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, I want to see that. Like, oh, I, I want to see it, that it, so bad. It's horrible that we won't. Yeah, I, I agree, but. Um, but yeah, the resurrecting Superman thing, like, I, I don't know how they can do, um, and I know that they have, but I don't know how they could do, like, a conventional, like, oh, Superman part of the Justice League, yeah. <laughs> and have it be, like, like them fighting anything. Right. Um, I, I'm sure, yeah. I don't read the Justice League comics, but I'm sure there are yeah. uh, appropriate uh, villains that combat and give challenge to Superman, right. but... 
Yeah, it, it's a much, be- in, in my opinion, much better story to mm-hmm. need him yeah. to uh, fight the big fight, and therefore, you know, he must be acquired. Yeah. Instead of because it, it just wouldn't be a fight if you know just Sepmul showed up and right. Superman's like, "Fuck you, get out of right, here." Right. Exactly. And that's what I, I kind of have a bit of an issue with with this version of Justice League is that for all of the development that was included in it, in all of the expansion of of backstory and everything, I feel like one part where it was kind of lacking was in Superman post-resurrection like we get scenes with him and Lois Lane which is great and that's great character stuff and like that's important and everything but I kind of wish that like there are moments throughout the movie where it's you know members of the Justice League talking to each other like like Aquaman talking to the Flash about right um about Wonder Woman wanting you wanted Superman interactions with yeah the like something post their big fight which I still think is one of the standouts of the movie so um, yeah. I and I agree uh yeah. the counter to that would be that that was always going to be a thing in the future movies. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. So, you know, while the first Justice League is the team coming together for the goal of getting Superman back into the mix, mm-hmm. we were going to get those interactions later on. Okay. It just didn't come because of, you know, what happened. Yeah. So, like, I think that would have been something that you would have gotten, mm-hmm. but that was going to be the tease for, you know, the next, next super, or the next either Superman movie or the Justice League movie. So, right. That, that was, makes sense. I'm sure it was the plan. Yeah. Uh, and when Zack Snyder was filming uh, the movie, that was still in the plan. So, th- mm-hmm. there's not that need, in my opinion, to have those interactions yet. Yeah. So, you know, Justice League 2 comes together with Superman part of the team, if not leading the team and having right. these interactions and button heads with Bruce mm-hmm. joking around with uh flash. So. Right. Yeah. And that makes sense. It's just something that I felt was lacking in this in context of having it be, you know, maybe the only justice league we get of this universe. Right. But I will say that one, there are a couple of um, things that I remember fondly for the most part, from the theatrical cut that is missing. So I presume that they were just Joss Whedon's thing. So there's the scene where, and this might have been in the Snyder Cut, I don't think it was, but where um, Aquaman is sitting on on the the last... It was not, and I'm okay with it being gone. You know, my memory of it was that it was pretty good, and, and it was funny in that Joss Whedon one, but since this is like solely a Zack Snyder thing, like it... It, I don't think that it would that, not have fit that tone. Yeah, that level of levity would not have fit right. the tone. There is good levity between Aquaman and the Flash independently and together, and that's the that strikes that strikes a better tone because it's not it's not like this laugh out loud kind of like showstopper like oh he's sitting on the the lasso. Um, it's like there's no there's no <laughs> to bring it back to MCU and Joss Whedon. Um, there's no, there's no Hulk punching Thor right. and everything. Or, I think we'll have that drink now. Like, yeah, yeah. like that fit that that would fit in the MCU. Right. It, it doesn't fit in this tone. Yeah. Like, I, sure, it's it's kind of a cute quip, but right. I don't know. I, I, but it's such a darker story that I don't think quips work at all. No. Well, and if there's gonna be quips, that it, it feels more natural to come from Flash. Yeah. Yeah. So, and I thought they did a good job of Me too. Uh, incorporating the little tidbits of humor in there too. Mm-hmm. Like they, they kept the part where they're up on the rooftop with Gordon, and he's like, yeah. "Oh, they just 
disappear. That was rude. Yeah, that's I, rude. I thought that's funny. Yeah. You know, that, that's a good little laugh. I, I like right. that, but I don't need a soliloquy from uh, Aquaman sitting on a, on the rope. Yeah, exactly. And the other big omission from the theatrical cut was the, and I'm, I'm curious what your thought is on this in the, in the theatrical cut, but the kind of ending stinger where it was Superman and Flash racing. I remember thinking that's a fun little mm-hmm. tidbit. Um, I'm okay. I'm okay with, especially I'm okay with it now yeah. because if you were to put that stinger at the end of the epilogue, it just oh, that, absolutely. That, that, especially no with sense. the context of the epilogue, right. itself. That, that'd make yeah. no sense. So, uh, as far as that stinger for the yeah, it's very MCU. It's very Joss Whedon. Uh, I didn't hate it at the time, yeah. and I don't necessarily hate that interaction now, but that's not something that would have fit the tone at the end of this movie. Yeah. Now, if you if that were something that you opened uh, Just Sleep 2 with, I think that could be kind of fun. Yeah. Like it starts off with uh, Superman and Flash mm-hmm. having this little little race. I right. think that'd be a fun little intro back to the team. And then we get another flashback of uh, Bruce Wayne's parents dying. <laughs> <laughs> I, I really hope that the Batman does not have that. It, it, it's not. It's I, not. They've already, they've already said that there's, they not, there's not going to be an origin. Oh, uh, sweet. Uh, prologues. So, nice. yes. Nice. <laughs> yeah, I think we all are well aware of yeah. why Batman is Batman. Yes. <laughs> but, you know, the yeah. the other Joss Whedon thing that got scrapped, and thank God it did, was that mm. Ukrainian family thing. Oh, my God. I forgot about yeah, that. Like, yeah, because Flash takes like they the push the car and you know flash is pushing the car thinks he's doing a good job and you see superman holding an apartment building smiling oh, oh that's oh. right i forgot about that yeah oh ooh. so that whole family yeah. like that family made no sense like i remember them introducing this weird family mm-hmm. uh i guess uh, not weird family just, right. uh, just ukraine eastern european family mm-hmm. that is in this desolate wasteland for some reason I don't, they're not farming because it's goddamn right. chernobyl uh, and then the the uh, oh, I forget what they call the the bug guys. Oh yeah, the bug uh, guys. Yeah, it, they yeah. come they come and they like hold them hostage for some for reasons. <laughs> right. I guess it's like there there couldn't be any stakes for Joss Whedon unless there was like a family oh, there. Oh God! And yeah, so thank God that got scrapped. I I compl- It's funny because I I completely forgot about that, but I do remember like when I was watching the Snyder Cut and we like Flash is running back to break the speed of light or whatever and reversing it so that he can so that time the, travel so they can give yeah yeah um <laughs> time travel <laughs> uh i remember thinking like i i remember thinking like oh is, this is like an evacuation scene or something and then and then it kind of went away from my head um because that was much better i don't remember if that's how it played out in the theatrical no version. so in the theatrical version there's no uh, the mother boxes converge, and then Flash has to reverse time to rectify that. I think that that was going to be set up for the Flash movie, for the Flashpoint. Oh, yeah. Uh, the ramifications of him going, uh, turning time back. Right. And so, obviously, you know, when Joss Whedon got his grubby little hands on the cut, yeah. that got nixed. So, yeah, um, that part wasn't part of uh, the original cut, but... I, I loved it I, no, I, yeah. because it's, you know, I'm again, I don't read the flash ex- mm. except for when he's in like crossover scenario stuff, yeah. but it's well, pretty well known that flash is, uh, somebody that can, uh, manipulate time yeah. with his speed. And that's where the flat, the th- flash point 
uh, storyline comes from. So mm-hmm. I that's I like that setup to what pro- what could have been or might still be because right. the Flash movie is still being planned. That's good. Minus I, Billy Crudup, apparently. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, that is so, so. I've actually read kind of a considerable amount of Flash um, of the DC stuff. I've read. A, a fair amount of the Flash and Batman. Okay. Um, and the Flash is a lot of fun. Like, oh, it's, I'm sure he is. Oh, yeah. absolutely. And um, I've got to say, uh, Ezra Miller does a much better job in this than he did in the Stand um, miniseries. Like, I don't know what the fuck When's he was that doing recent? in that. When, was that recent? Yeah. yeah. Um, back in December. Okay. Um, like he he plays a he he plays a pyromaniac character, and like I don't. Like I don't know what the fuck he was doing. Mm. It's it's. it's I, yeah. I've typically liked Ezra Miller and the oh, things I've too. seen. Seen yeah. him in. Uh, obviously, the Flash. I think yeah. he's fun. The, um, <laughs> I was gonna be <laughs> that video of him choking out a fan. Um, is that a th- what? Yeah, it was something like. I don't remember the context, but I just I saw a tweet where someone was like, "Let's let's all let's not forget that he choked out a fan or something." Um, what was the fan doing? Was it being overly aggressive? Or? I, I just I have a hard time believing anyone would just walk up to a fan and be like, ha ha, yeah, this will help my career. I don't remember the context, but um, first of all, I don't see Ezra Miller. He's not a very imposing person. Right. Uh, <laughs> well, Ezra Miller appears to have choked a woman at a bar oh, in that's bad. Reykjavik. Re- Reykjavik. Iceland in a video that surfaced online late Sunday night. This is back in 2020. Oh, April 2020. Wow. Huh. Um, despite confusion online over whether the video was a joke with memes already emerging on Twitter, where Miller's name has been trending, a source at the establishment has confirmed to variety that this was a serious altercation at the bar and that the man whom they, ident- the, whom they identify as Miller was escorted off the premises. The seven-second video shows a man saying, oh, you want to fight? That's what you want to do to a young woman who appears to be jokingly preparing herself for a fight and is smiling. Miller then grabs the girl by the throat and throws her to the ground. At this point, the person filming says, whoa, bro, bro, and stops shooting with the footage ending abruptly. Oish, Yeah. People get canceled for that sort of thing. I know. And rightfully so. You don't. Yeah. That's that. That ain't good. Yeah. It sounds like they were. It was intended to be like a joking thing, and then he took it too far. Maybe he entered the speed force and um, <laughs> didn't know. Bet he wishes he could run that one back. Uh, right. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So I don't know. I'll I didn't hear in the show anything notes. about that. Yeah. And again, I mean, that was April 2020. So COVID. A lot of stuff kind of in the news. So like what? Yeah. Uh, like like COVID uh-huh. and um. I don't know, episode 309 of the Obsessive Viewer Problem? I don't know. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, so anyway, uh, so he's canceled, but um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, I really liked his, uh, that moment when he's, when he's reversing time and everything, when he says, like, he's, like, he's talking to his dad and he's saying, like, yeah. I was one of the good ones or something, or well, I choked a woman out or something like that. <laughs> um, <laughs> Live long enough to see yourself become the villain. <laughs> right. Um, I will say one of the kind of distracting, how did you feel about the, the visuals of the Flash and, and the Speed Force and, and like I, that? So, I'm, I'm probably going to be in the minority on this, but I mm-hmm. think the representation of his speed abilities is my favorite of the superheroes we've seen with that power so far. Oh, interesting. Uh, okay. I, I think it's definitely better than Avengers Age of Ultron. Not dissonant because I think that's a, it, it's decent. It's just right. not all that impressive. Yeah. Um, with 
um, how was uh, Evan, Peters, Evan Peters? Evan Peters as uh, Quicksilver in uh, uh, the X Men series. Uh, yeah, his specific like he's got those two specific scenes that are mm -hmm. are fantastic. Right, but that's that's it. like other than that, it's just kind of like a generic speed. Yeah. So I I really like the interpretation of the speed force and the manipulation of the speed force. So yeah. like the lightning that co mm. co coincides with that, like that makes sense because he's the flash. Yeah. And, and, uh, yeah, I, and I know you, you hate on the slow motion, but I think right. that really, Oh, it works in that. It, context. Yeah. Right. Yeah. In this context, I think it really works because it's a really good way to showcase, uh, the speed of which he is working and, right. uh, the speed of, of the other things go are going on around him. Yeah. Uh, one of my favorite parts, and it was in the original uh, theatrical cut, is when uh, Superman's just been resurrected and uh, yes. Flash is running around him and he sees Superman look at him. That, I so, love that. Like the panic yeah. on Ezra Miller's face, and like when they when they fight and like he's he's dodging the the punches and everything. Oh, it's beautiful. That that might that could be my favorite part of the movie. Yeah, it's overall. good. It's, it's really good. good. Um, but I think when, when they do the speed force thing, like it, it's, it's chaotic as it should be. And it's, it's just kind of like, it's, I think it's just a little too, like it's overstimulating, I think for me. Um, but I mean, I appreciate that they included that and yeah. everything um, I, the, to that level. The extra scene, uh, with, I, and I don't know the, I don't read the flash. I don't know his girlfriend's name, mm -hmm. but the, with the car accident, that was incredible. Yeah. That, yeah. that was such a yeah. good Good scene. I like, don't know if that was supposed to be his girlfriend or not. She's like, she's just... cast in the Flash movie. Oh, really? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Nice. Um, that was great. I love that. Um, um, I, I I love the way that he. First of all, I, on the on the surface, it's a little creepy when he just kind of a little like, bit sure a little creepy a little creepy. But I do like the. But extra he's he's care. awkward. He's yeah, awkward. Yeah. So. Um, but I do like the extra care that he does, like 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 wrapping her arms around her and everything. Yeah. To because like I'm like sitting there thinking like yeah because you know he's in the speed force and every anything he does could like break her fucking neck, like choking her and pulling her to the ground. <laughs> She's but, so um, <laughs> but that was and it, it it was kind of it was kind of hokey to me the whole like oh the 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 truck driver dropping the burger like that felt like a cheesy comic book thing. Okay, let. Real world experience. Mm -hmm. I will say this: um, that's how crashes happen. It it does. But... I had a guy t bone me in an intersection when Oof. I was at work once because he dropped his phone on the ground, Ugh. and he even Jeez. said, "I saw your lights and heard your siren, but I had to get my phone." That, so that shit happens. Like that's it, how. That's why accidents happen. It does, but also like. I don't know, like the the sesame seed <laughs> dropping, like that's just kind of silly, and I think that it's. I get it that that happens and everything and like I it's true to life and everything but I think the I think the introduction of him dropping the burger and then reaching down like there's way too much time even with the slowed down time for Speed Force and Zack Snyder um, <laughs> to have him reaching down it's like it's way too like oh my it's like infomercial like oh yeah. my god uh, I, I kind of see that yeah but the actual effect of him saving her and everything was was really great um, and like, I was wondering like, what the fuck is he doing with the hot dog? And then that pays off yeah. when he's in the, when he's in the room. Um, really, really good. And yeah. So yeah. Um, yeah. Aquaman. Um, we're, we're both fans of Jason Momoa. 
Yeah. Um, um, yeah. And I huge fan of uh, his portrayal of Aquaman and Me not too. not just in Justice League. Mm-hmm. I'm a big defender of the Aquaman movie. I love that movie. Yeah. I thought it was a lot of campy fun. Mm-hmm. And when when we talked last week and I said like, "Oh yeah, it's um uh oh yeah uh it's lion king or no 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 it's it's black panther underwater and you said it's that well that's lion king yeah. <laughs> and everything i should have said oh that's just that's hamlet. um that's just hamlet and everything so again there are seven plots right. um that exist um so yeah. yeah uh he he was great in this movie again too uh he he's a really imposing figure mm-hmm. uh, his Jason Momoa and the fight scenes are fantastic. Yeah. For some reason, I really liked his interactions with Steppenwolf during the fights too. Yeah, I, I oh, ju- yeah. it just felt, that, felt really intense. That him with the with the trident in the back uh, when he when he oh killed, when he the, yes fucking great. awesome like that and then the and the chop the literal overkill yep. of Wonder Woman slicing his head off just. Holy shit. The, then, the one thing I would have yeah. added from just a, uh, I don't know, standpoint of maybe mm-hmm. I'm also a, a needer of bloodlust. Sure. I think it would have been better had uh, Wonder Woman off the head, mm-hmm. it fell to the ground, and then like Batman came over and kicked it through the portal. Right. I, I would have enjoyed that. That would have been cool. Uh, that would have been cool. But no, like the, the scenes with uh, Aquaman are great. I think it's... It's funny because the, some of the scenes that they added kind of have to kind of retcon a little bit of the Aquaman movie. Oh, yeah. Because they, they make the comment with he's talking to Mira and he said that he was uh, just dropped off in the doorstep and never met his mother. Uh, if you've seen the Aquaman movie, that's not how it's portrayed right. in the movie. Um, Mira's got an accent now. Yeah. Um, that was kind of weird. Yeah. And I uh, – so – I got two schools of thoughts on the way they do the uh, the speaking underwater. Mm-hmm. In Aquaman, the movie, they talk like no like normal underwater, right. but in this, they make it so you have to be in the bubble. If not, you're talking fish speak. I assume that's like fish okay. speak. Sure. So I, I appreciate Zack Snyder going the extra effort for kind of like the comic book authenticity, mm-hmm. but I would have been annoyed in if the Aquaman movie had that fish speak throughout the entire thing. Yeah, I I, I get that for sure. So um, yeah, thank you, James Wan, uh, right. for making that creative decision. Yes, yes. Um, I need to watch Aquaman again. That's such a fun movie. It is, man. It, it's lo- it's not a long one, but no. it's fun. Yeah, I, I had had a blast with that movie. Oh yeah. Um, it's just a shame that uh, what's her nut is a psycho. Amber Heard. Amber Heard. Yeah. yeah. That's a yeah. That that's a whole thing. Yeah, that is. I'd let her shit in my bed, though. I would say. I mean, um, I would. I wouldn't be happy about right. it. <laughs> I have a washer and dryer in yeah, my in my apartment. I'm, I'm good. Uh, but I, I like the uh, the extra scenes with Volko. I thought. Uh, I I thought he looked like kind of badass. Like I, Wait, who? Volko. Um, Volko. Yeah, he's the guy that. Uh, what's uh, What's the actor's name? It's his, It's Aquaman's mentor. Um, oh, Willem Dafoe. Willem Dafoe. Oh, okay, yeah, I, yeah. I, I, he, he looked great in the. Like he looked. He, he, he had a good look for Aquaman the movie too. But something mm-hmm. about his look in this, maybe because he had his hair down, just kind of yeah. looked a little bit more ferocious. But right. I, I really like that uh, the interaction with him too. So yeah, I like bringing him back into it. Oh yeah, I'd forgotten that he was in Aquaman because it's been a while since I've seen it. Yeah. So when I saw his name in the credits, I was like, oh, they added Willem Dafoe. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh no, wait, he's established in the DCEU. Um. But yeah, uh, Aquaman was great. Flash was great, and I uh, I, yeah. I love the introduction of Aquaman in the movie too. And, and it was in the uh, original the theatrical right. cut with the, uh, the, the don't the, count on it, Batman. Right. I also 
they they cut the line and i liked the line of uh heard you talk to fish i Oh yeah, I, I don't know why I like. You know, I, I think it's a fun line. I um, I liked that too in in the original, and I mean it was even it was even a big part of the marketing. I think it was first trailer. Yeah. Um, that I'm I am glad that they that they kept the line where uh, <laughs> where uh, Barry Allen asks him, "What's your superpower?" He's like, "I'm, rich. I'm rich." Yeah, yeah, that's that's such a great line. Um, so yeah, um. Yeah, so I, yeah. I guess that line caught some flack from people, but I don't know. I thought the, it was fun. The, uh, I hear you talk to fish. Oh, I hear you talk to fish? Yeah. Wow, why? Yeah, I, I don't know. It was, it was enough so that uh, Snyder cut it from this Jeez. one. But regardless, I, I liked it. I was sorry to see it go. Yeah. Whatever. Um, let's talk epilogue. And the 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 Joker scene – did. He didn't have the the um, we live in a society line. No, so so that line was um, improv by Jared Leto during the filming of it, and they thought it would be fun for marketing, but Zack Snyder didn't he. didn't want it in the final cut because it is taken from the the Joker meme. Okay. So, so I that makes me feel like I actually like I have like a little bit more respect for Snyder because of that. <laughs> Yeah, so I think it was a fun marketing ploy, but okay. I agree with him cutting it from the movie. Yeah. So. But that interaction is probably the best Batman-Joker filmed interaction, in my opinion. It's like it's hand-in-hand hand with Heath Ledger, Christian Bale, and the jail scene. Oh, yeah. I, I would say, for me, it doesn't attain that level, obviously. But um, I, I would say... I mean, I would say the Joker talking to a little kid, Batman and Joker. Um, <laughs> but no, um, that scene, like I, when I was watching it, I've, I've had this idea in my head or this this kind of – I haven't seen Suicide Squad since I saw it the one time. I, I won't. Yeah, and I, I won't either. I'm very much looking forward to um, – um, what's his nuts? Um, the Suicide Squad. Um what is his name? Are you talking about the director? James Gunn? James, James Gunn. Gunn yeah. Yes, I'm looking forward to that. But um, yeah, I don't think I'll ever see the the first Suicide Squad. But when when Jared Leto popped up, I there side note there is a big push to get a David Ayer uh, uh, cut. Yeah, of Suicide Squad. And apparently it got shot down quick by yeah, Warner. Yeah, WB was, was like, like, no. They were like, no, that's not going to happen. I like, think they've I think they've had enough egg on their face over this that they oh, don't want it probably. Again, so yeah. But um, I realized when when Jared Leto popped up, I, like in my head, I think kind of subconsciously, I was like, okay, here we go, the Joker scene, uh, fucking Jared. Leto. Oh, you weren't looking forward to I it. I wasn't because the and I realized like after he started like performing on on it, I was like, yeah, like the only real like the only the only real context I have for Jared Leto's Joker is Suicide Squad, yeah. which is. By all accounts, in my opinion, a complete garbage dump dumpster fire of a movie. Oh, it's the second worst DCEU film. Oh yeah, yeah. What, what's the first one? Wonder Woman eighty four. Oh really? I still haven't seen it. Uh, it's bad. Um, it's bad. Okay. Um, but I mean, his performance was really good. It, in this it scene. was. It was perfect. Yeah. It, it was that perfect Joker, uh, underhanded talk. Mm-hmm. Uh, Poking the bear, yeah, in the in just the right spots. And Batfleck was great, also. He he's my favorite Batman. Nice. He he is. I love Ben Affleck as Batman. Um, and you, I love that uh, sense of just 
rage yes. towards this character. Like you, you better rah, rah, rah. and you better be very careful with what you say next. And Jared Leto, they sound like Yoda there. Oh bit. yeah, <laughs> and, very better. Will you <laughs> next? Whatever. Um. But Jared Leto's uh, like has a line that couldn't be more true throughout the Batman Joker uh, mm. process of. I'm your best friend. Yeah. Like, yes, you are. Yeah. Like, that is 100% accurate. Oh, yeah. And uh, and then when he when he pokes him even more, and then and then Batman's like, that's not careful. Um, careful, that is not. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I love the throwback. Just so or, great. The throw, I don't want to say it's a throwaway line, but the, him talking about Harley dying in his arms, and he's going to avenge Harley's death. Yeah. So in the comic books, there th- there's an interaction between Batman and Harley Quinn a lot that is kind of... Uh, at times enemies, but also frenemies Mm -hmm. like Harley in this point in the comic books, Harley's made a uh, conscious decision to rid herself of Joker Mm -hmm. and trying to do, uh, do good and be part of Batman's kind of philosophy. So get an egg sandwich. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) That egg sandwich looked amazing. And I really liked birds of prey. Oh yeah. It was fun. It was so much fun. fun. Yeah. It was a good movie. Oh yeah. Um, but yeah, the, that, and I don't want to take all the focus away from the prologue towards the Batman Joker mm-hmm. interaction, but le- let me just say that it was to me the perfect Joker Batman interaction. Nice. Now the rest of the the uh, the nightmare scene was great too. I like seeing Deadshot or uh, Deadshot um, <laughs> uh, Slade uh, Wilson. Yeah. Uh, I liked his him showing up too. It's like we don't know why he's teaming up with right. Batman, but he he apparently is. And it's a different uh, Flash also. Was it? Yeah, it I, it was not Ezra Miller. Was it not Ezra Miller? No, like it was a dude in a mustache. Like he looks incredibly different. Um, I'd have to go back and look at it. I, yeah, for I guess I just didn't pick up on it. Mm. Um, I, I, as much as I don't like the person, but having Mira in there too, yeah, it was cool. Yeah, and, you know, Cyborg's back too. So right. Oh yeah. And I love the how imposing Superman is when he lands. Yeah, right oh there. my God. That is so, that was such a, such a great moment for me. Mm. I, I thought that was just really cool. And like the little bits and pieces of just backstory in there, like, um, I like, uh, like Joker saying, like you sent, uh, like you, you made the mistake of sending a boy wonder, yeah. uh, instead of like a man or something like that. And then when, uh, Mira says like, well, he's going to pay for what he did to Arthur. Um, and she has the trident and stuff. And then I, all that's just like, I mean, that's just like wetting my appetite for this. Like, I just want to see like that expanded. Um, yeah. It's a shame. Yeah. Yeah. It's a shame. And then what did you think of the epilogue epilogue with Martian Manhunter? I, I, again, um, I don't know a lot about Martian Manhunter, but it, it was a cool, uh, ending to it. Like, mm-hmm. uh, you know things are things are progressing. Right, and it's gonna continue on from here. Yeah, unfortunately it won't. But right, right. I, I like the concept of Martian Manhunter being there throughout the entire time. He was. Mm-hmm. They've confirmed that he was in fact the uh, Colonel back in Man of Steel. Oh really? Yeah, and okay. he was all because that character was also in uh, Batman v Superman. At this time, okay. he was. A, he I think he was a like a senator or state representative in that movie. Gotcha. Uh, but yeah, I like how he's, you know, been behind the scene. Martian Manhunter has been behind the scenes throughout the mm-hmm. entire process too. And now he's like, it's time to, you know, get right. in on the action type yeah. of deal. So. Now I got to join the club. Right. Um, or the yeah. league. Yeah. So um, yeah. it's I, the uh, changing of the Lex Luthor scene too. Yeah. Cause in the, 
theatrical. He is, I might be conflating that with the ending of Batman v Superman because I remember him being in the cell. So oh, that's oh. Batman v Superman. Okay, so yeah. it's a, it's the same. Are you talking about the boat scene? The boat scene. Okay. So it's the same scene. Mm-hmm. The dialogue's changed. Okay. So in the uh, in the theatrical cut. He's inviting Slade Wilson to be part of uh, the Legion of Doom. That's right. Because he makes a comment of a league of their own. Right. And this oh, one, yeah. they're setting up the what was going to be the Batman uh, Ben Affleck directorial debut. That's right. It was going to because Slade Wilson was going to be the uh, the, uh, the antagonist mm. in that. And so that was what was setting that up. He's like, he's here, to, here he's Bruce Wayne. Mm-hmm. And so he's like, okay. That's a much better ending right. than the theatrical. Um, yeah, yeah, man. Damn. I know. Yeah. I know. Um, maybe they'll have something. I don't know. I, my, my hopes. You know what? I got the Snyder Cut, and mm. uh, to expect anything more, I think, would just be foolish. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. And, um, you know, Zach's, they've, they've talked to Zach Snyder's done a couple of interviews since they've released it. And he's, mm-hmm. he, he is, he said, Hey, look, you know, we'll cross the bridge if they ever, uh, approach me about it. But I have had, I've had no inclinations that that's the route they're going to take. Oh, he yeah. goes, they, they've made it clear they're moving on. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and yeah. he goes, I, I hope, I hope them the best. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's, yeah. And, and to be, I mean, it's not that, Hard of a thing. I, I, it's not that. It's not that bad for me because um, I have some uh, issues with Zack Snyder as sure. a whole. But also, I mean, the Batman looks amazing. It does. The Batman does look amazing. But mm-hmm. I'm, I'm telling you what, the the Batman directed by Ben Affleck had me just all geeked out. Yeah, uh, they were going. They the way they were going to say it, they were really going to put the test to the greatest detective in the world. And, and that's the thing that makes me excited for the Batman because yes. I think Matt Reeves said I, I think, that also. Yeah, I think that's the same same process. But yeah. I, I I wanted this aged Batman mm-hmm. who's now reformed uh, a bit to have that yeah. test put to him again with Slade Wilson and it's and just, with Ben Affleck directing that would yeah. have been really cool. Yeah, I agree. Uh, yeah. It's a shame. I, I think part of the problem there with uh, and I wish him all the best, but I think his alcoholism kind of got in yeah, the way of a lot true. of that. I, I think a, a lot of Talk was made about the the rigors of doing super hand, super or a superhero movie mm-hmm. kind of got to him and and it's probably not just the physical rigors but that's a process like yeah there's reshoots upon reshoots right and you, you yeah so and Ben Affleck's not young man anymore no I mean, he's, and also I mean also the post process of that like the marketing like that like it, yeah right. I assume that there's got to be much more involved to like junkets and everything than it is for like well a, you could even watch movie. you could watch Ben Affleck and the junkets for Batman v Superman right. you just really didn't the memeified be there. thing yeah. of the uh, the zoom in on his right. face yeah. so yeah I get it and I'm sad because I love his Batman mm-hmm. I would love to have seen him have his own Batman movie but yeah. when you say that he's your favorite Batman does that include Kevin Conroy. Oh man, um, I think this that's, is a gotcha question. I think that's two different. <laughs> I think you have to look at it two different ways because Kevin okay. Conroy is uh, a voice actor mm-hmm. uh, solely, at least when it comes to Batman. So that's fair. Um, yeah. I think. Well, I, I don't think that that's a. I think that's a false equivalent, really. Okay. Because gotcha. there's so much about Ben Affleck, uh, his, his his being his imposed, his physicality, yeah. the and it's not just Ben uh, with this, but Zack Snyder directing mm. how brutal his fight sequences were. Yeah, 
I, I love that. He's the CrossFit so, Batman. Yeah, he is the CrossFit <laughs> yeah. Batman. Uh, so I, yeah, Kevin Conroy is a legend, mm-hmm. and there'll never be a voice actor that can probably do Batman better than him. Mm-hmm. But Did you uh, not hear my impression earlier? In no. This <laughs> well, you know, I, I didn't want to give you too big of a head. Well, so. you know. Uh, so I'll yeah. fucking kill you, yeah. Joker. <laughs> <laughs> no, I two di- two different things. Gotcha. So. Yeah, that's fair. Um, yeah. Okay. Well, I'll 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 get you with the gotcha question at some point. Um, no, you're yeah, it's a good. One. Yeah, it's it's, yeah. A, it, it's a fair question. It's Thank a fair you. Question. Thank you, um, Kevin. If you're listening, we love you. Um, <laughs> and uh, that reminds me, I'm I'm. It's funny. I'm. I was about to say like, oh, I'm so excited that. Um, Batman the Animated Series is on HBO uh, HBO Max, but I have the Blu-ray. <laughs> like, and even that, I even have like the digital copy from the Blu-ray on my Voodoo account, and I'm like, oh, it's on HBO Max. I'm like, okay, it's the age we live in. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm excited to have it on HBO Max. So nice, nice. Because I do not own the Blu-rays. Interesting. Mm, Interesting. Yep, indeed. Yeah. Indeed. Yep. Um, so have we effectively talked out Zack Snyder's Justice League? Is there anything else you want to bring up or any points that we did not make? Um, uh, we talked about Martian Manhunter. I, I think we could go, we don't need to, but I just like to reiterate, I th- Dark Side would have mm-hmm. been a great imposing bad guy for the next, uh, Justice League. And yeah. I loved his addition. Uh, I would love to have seen it come to fruition for the right. next films but yeah yeah it would have been cool yep but what can you do yeah i would oh. say the experience and i i never thought i'd be able to see this movie i right like when the hashtag of releases snyder cut came mm-hmm. out i was like you know what awesome sentiment i'm 100 percent behind it will never happen yeah and then talk came from ray fisher and mm-hmm. then talk came from Jason Momoa. Even Ben Affleck got into uh, mm-hmm. the release. Of and, of course, Henry Cavill, who is right. just the most jacked nerd in the history of right. nerds. So when the, when the push came from the cast, I was like, yeah, maybe it'll happen. And then it did happen, and I couldn't be more satisfied with the product. But it leaves me saying that it's, it's a very bittersweet process. Mm-hmm. Because while I got to see what, in my opinion, was an amazing Justice League film, mm-hmm. it's bitter because it shows what could have been, just never right. will be. Like, I will never have that Ben Affleck, a Batman solo movie. I, yeah. I will never have the the Justice League fight uh, uh, Dark Side. I'll never mm-hmm. have them fight on Apocalypse. I'll, I'll never see any of the stuff that was going to be in the plans. Yeah. Now... Could I? Could I? Could they show it in a different way? I think. I think ideally, the best process, in my opinion, would be to have Zack Snyder write off the screenplay and turn it into a comic book or graphic novel. Oh, that would be neat. I, I think huh. I, I would be all for that. Mm-hmm. Um, we're still getting the Flash movie mm-hmm. the, with that's going to showcase Flashpoint. Although that's starting to get a little shaky now too, because Billy Crudup has backed out. Right. And now today, Michael Keaton made a, a statement, uh, not officially backing out, but saying like, eh, "I don't know how this wow. is going." So who is he going to play again? He's going to play alternate universe Batman. That's right. Oh my god, I forgot about that. Man. Okay. Kevin Conroy, mm-hmm. I think, was is casting it too. God damn. So I I don't know how that's shaping up and I. Mm-hmm. Don't quote me on this, but I think Ben Affleck was going to make an appearance too. Hmm. Uh, I'm, I'm not 100% sure, but the Flash movie is still on schedule to mm-hmm. start. I just I don't know where it's going to be at, or I don't know how it's going to. 
so say for sake of argument that this Flash movie happens and Kevin Conroy does play live action, <laughs> will that change your answer? I would have <laughs> a hard time believing that it would change my answer because mm. Kevin Conroy is a very old individual right. and probably will not be that imposing of a Batman. Right. Yeah, that's that's fair. But... I mean, technically, that would be okay. Of all the live action, of all the Batman, there that criteria would be. Oh, he's just a voice actor, but no, he would actually be live action. And, and I, I don't think that so, he would uh, be better than Ben Affleck. Okay, well, maybe fine. Kevin Conroy thirty years ago. Yeah, I, I agree. Have you seen that video of him, uh, him reading lines as Batman from The Dark Knight? Yes. Yeah. yeah it's so so good. good. So good. So awesome. Um, really cool. So. Yep. Um, okay, should we should we wrap up? Sure. Okay. Sure. Well, uh, that's our review of Zack Snyder's Justice League, uh, the Snyder Cut, currently on HBO Max. Um, uh, let us know what you guys thought of it and everything. If I may give a suggestion, yes, watching it in parts is a great idea. Uh, I will have to agree with you there because I watched the first. I watched the first four parts and then uh, went back like a couple of days later today and watched. <laughs> Five through whatever. I'd be curious what my thought would be if I sat through four hours of that in the movie theater. Yeah. Oh, God, in a movie theater. Yeah. Uh, at this point, I'm all sit through four hours of yeah, well. Two Girls, One Cup in a movie theater. <laughs> well, you haven't? Um, no, no. No, I haven't. You're not going to the right theaters. Right. <laughs> um, no, uh, four hours in a movie theater is a long time. That's coming from mm. a guy that once sat in 14 hours in oh, a movie theater. Oh, was that for the, the uh, Avengers? Avengers, yeah. yeah. Yeah, well, as someone who has gone to film festivals and stuff and spent like whole days in movie theaters, like I get that, but also that's in like two hour chunks, right? Mostly like ninety minute chunks. I, they do, good, and Zack Snyder's intent is for this to be viewed through, you know, start to finish. Mm-hmm. But they pick really good break points for, yeah, the, for the parts. So yeah, I was very surprised at the length of them too. Like the first chapter is like thirty minutes. Well, I mean, um, it's it's still yeah. only a four hour movie broken right. up in seven parts. So yeah, but I mean. It's nice that it's it is those chapters are tailored to the story rather than right. time. Yeah. So yeah. So all right. Well, that's our review, and uh, I don't really have anything for potpourri or anything, and I don't know if you want to do potpourri or not. If you don't have anything. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I got nothing. Um, but yeah, so we're gonna go ahead and close out the episode. Thank you guys so much for listening, and uh, yeah, Fekus, uh, thank you for joining me for this review of uh, Zack Snyder's Justice League, and. Uh, Thanks for having yeah. me. Yes, of course. And uh, yeah, I don't know what we're coming up with next time on the podcast, but let us know what you thought of Zack Snyder's Justice League. And uh, thank you guys for listening, and we'll see you next time. And now, here's a short clip from our Patreon-exclusive RSS feed. To hear the full clip and more exclusive Patreon content, go to patreon.com slash obsessiveviewer and become a patron at the minimum rate of $1 per month. Thank you and enjoy. Instead of watching it during work or whatever. So, my voice just cracked. That's great. Anyway, um, so I watched the first episode. I don't have the title or anything. It just said episode one. So, I don't know what the title is going to be when it releases. But 
this was one of those shows that I was very much looking forward to out of the kind of crop of Marvel Cinematic Universe on Disney Plus and like the new the new stuff that was coming out and everything. This was the thing that interested me the most because I really love um, Anthony Mackie and Sebastian Stan. They're back and forth in I think it was the uh, Civil War um, was a lot of fun. And I just I really, really was so taken with the um, Super Bowl trailer for this show. And I was just I was just so amped for it. And I'm very happy to say that I really enjoyed this first episode. Now, I'm going to be spoiling it. So if you haven't watched the first episode of the uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, come back and listen to it when you watch it. <laughs> so um, this first episode, I was... The Obsessive Viewer podcast is edited and produced by Matt Hurt and presented by ObsessiveViewer.com. For a full archive of our episodes, go to ObsessiveViewer.com slash OVArchive. You can also like our Facebook page and join the OV Facebook group at Facebook.com slash TheObsessiveViewer. And follow us on Twitter at ObsessiveViewer and at ObsessiveTiny. And follow our recurring co-hosts at I am Mike White, that's me, at R.A. Fekis and at Burger underscore Lurker. If you enjoy the show, please take a couple minutes to leave us a rating and a quick review on Apple Podcasts. This is the easiest way to support what we do, and all it costs is a little bit of your time. If you'd like to donate to the podcast, you can make a PayPal donation at obsessiveviewer.com slash donate, or support us on Patreon for recurring donations and access to commentary tracks and B-roll audio recorded exclusively for patrons at patreon.com slash obsessiveviewer. Every donation goes toward paying the fees to keep the podcast running and is greatly appreciated. For official Obsessive Viewer merch, including shirts, mugs, phone cases, and more, visit our Public store. You can find a link to the store in the show notes of this episode and at obsessiveviewer.com slash donate. Or you can simply search for Obsessive Viewer at tpublic.com, T-E-E, public.com. For information about our annual live event showcasing short horror films from local filmmakers, check out shocktoberinirvington.com. And for an archive of all our events, as well as news about potential future events, head over to obsessiveviewer.com live. For more podcast content, you can find Anthology, Matt's solo podcast covering The Twilight Zone, and other classic and contemporary science fiction anthology TV shows at anthologypod.com and on Twitter at OVAnthologyPod. You can also find Tower Junkies, a podcast where Matt and Tiny share their love of all things Stephen King and his magnum opus, The Dark Tower series, at TowerJunkiesPod.com and at TowerJunkiesPod on Twitter. And finally, check out The Secular Perspective, Tiny's side project podcast, which tackles current events and life's big questions from the perspective of secular hosts Chad and Amanda at thesecularperspective.com. The theme music for The Obsessive Viewer comes courtesy of the band Loudlike from their EP, Mistakes We Must Make. Additional bumper music is provided courtesy of As Good As It Gets, which can be found at facebook.com slash asgoodasitgetsband. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you next time. Kitty! Kitty!